African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. You're listening to African Dialogue right now, right here on our shortwave service on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to Southern Africa. Well, today we'll get some of the uh, real updates on what's happening in the Democratic Republic of Congo. We see there are big clashes there, so we'll be just getting a load on what's happening in the country there today, just to keep us updated with the situation there. In terms of also the peace talks, are they still underway? There's a lot of questions surrounding the Democratic Republic of Congo. But before we get into that, let's get our news uh, from Anne Musa. In the headlines, Malawi government denies social media rumors claiming President Peter Mutarika has suffered cardiac arrest. DRC opposition groups call for more anti-government demonstrations and South African University students protest against fee increases which should not exceed 8%. A very good morning to you, I'm Anne Musa. The government of Malawi has denied social media rumors claiming that President Peter Mutarika had suffered cardiac arrest. According to a Niasa Times report, Mutarika is reported as having good health, while reports have confirmed is currently in New York attending the United Nations General Assembly. The Minister for Foreign Affairs and International Cooperation in Malawi, Francis Casilia, has expressed suspicions that the rumor was spread by members of the opposition who had malicious intent. Opposition groups in the DRC are calling for more anti-government demonstrations. This after more than 50 people were reportedly killed in clashes between protesters and security forces in the capital, Kinshasa. The clashes were the worst violence in the capital since January last year, when a police crackdown on another opposition protest left several dozen people dead. The main opposition parties called for a nationwide demonstration to demand the resignation of President Joseph Kabila. France's Mino 
Kabila described the unrest as very dangerous and extremely worrying and has urged Kabila to lay out a clear timetable for a vote. Students have broken through one of the gates at Witz University's Bromfontein campus in Johannesburg and are making their way to the Parktown Medical and Education campuses. Police have used tear gas to try and disperse the crowd, but their attempts have been unsuccessful. Griselda Lewis reports from the scene. Uh, we are now heading back towards uh, Empire Road, uh, where the students then will use that road to lead them uh, to the Wits University Parktown campus and the assumption is that when they get there uh, any classes that are currently underway uh, would need to be stopped. These students say any student who does not participate in the action would be spitting in the faces of those who are calling for quality free education. Meanwhile, all academic activities at the University of the Free State have been suspended until further notice. Students received correspondence from the university management that classes have been suspended. The student representative council decided to shut down the campus after a meeting with the students. This follows an announcement by the Education Minister of Education, Bladen Zimande, that each university should determine the 2017 fee increases, which should not exceed 8%. And finally, the United Nations has expressed outrage after an age convoy was struck in an attack. A monitoring group says left 12 aid workers and drivers dead. The convoy from the UN and the Syrian Arab Red Crescent was en route to the hard-to-reach town of Oram al-Kubra in Aleppo province. The UNA chief Stefan O'Brien has called for an investigation. Syria's military early announced the end of a ceasefire brokered by the United States and Russia, accusing rebels of more than 300 violations and failing to commit to a single element of the U.S.-Russia deal. Recapping the top stories, Malawi's government denies social media rumors claiming President Peter Mutarika has suffered cardiac arrest. DRC opposition groups are calling for more anti-government demonstrations and South African University students protest against fee increases which should not exceed 8%. Well, you are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Well, thank you, Anne, for that update. And uh, as we heard there in that particular report, especially on the story that we're doing today on the Democratic Republic uh, of uh, Congo uh, clashes, there seems to be a contradiction of numbers of uh, people killed. Uh, According to opposition, uh, they state that more than 50 people have reportedly been killed in clashes while the government is still holds uh, to the figure of uh, 17 people who've died in the violence ahead of uh, a planned opposition rally. Uh, but this uh, tally said that it could rise. So I'm not quite sure if that 50 figure is one that uh, we are going to go on as we move on. But it's very concerning to see the actually talks actually being stifled by these activities that are taking place with these protests. As we've mentioned, the official... 
uh, figure is at least uh, uh, 17 people have been killed during clashes between police and protesters in the capital, Kinshasa. Anti-government protesters in the Democratic Republic of Congo have blocked roads and burned vehicles in the capital, Kinshasa, after police stopped them from staging a march. The demonstrators are demanding that President Joseph Kabila step down when his mandate ends in December. Riot police used tear gas to disperse hundreds of people who were throwing stones as they tried to march towards the parliament. The demonstrators waved the blue and white flags of veteran Congolese opposition leader Etienne Tisekedi, whose movement called for nationwide protest to stand uh, or to demand that Kabila uh, steps down. So today we'll be speaking to experts uh, really for more updates on this particular issue. So let's take a quick break and then we'll be back after this. From the 15th of August, join Channel Africa at 900 Central African time from Monday to Thursday every week for the book reading. A Vision of Paradise by Kezania Tsumba. That's Monday to Thursday at 900 Central African time. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Well, you are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Uh, thank you for joining us. Remember, if you're listening to us on DSTV, we're on Channel 802. That's Channel 802. You can also stream us live on www.channelafrica.co.za. Remember, if you're listening to us on America, you can actually listen to us through the f- format of your phone. You can call us on 605-475-1711 at no extra cost and listen to us in that way. We also have a mobile app and that is the Channel Africa mobile app that you can um, download on um, uh, the uh, Google Play uh, app. So that's another way that you can listen to us on our mobile app. But let's uh, carry on with this uh, uh, conversation that we're having here looking at the concerning situation in the DRC and the clashes taking place. Uh, Peace talks were supposed to be starting with opposition leaders and the current uh, uh, government in order to see a way forward, especially in preparation of what was said to be upcoming elections in the country. So it is very much a a very complex situation. Let me see if I can get hold of Richard Iruanya, who is the Peace Building and Conflict Transform, the Peace Building and Conflict Transformation Department at the University of South Africa. Richard, are you there with us? Yes, I am. Richard, what are your thoughts? I know you're joining us from South Africa, but just looking at some of the updates, concerning updates of uh, the protests that are currently underway and the deaths that we're seeing in the DRC, what are your concerns and uh, what have you picked up from this situation? What we are picking up is that uh, the road uh, towards... uh, the election in November is, uh, is, is very tough, it's very difficult. Um, the visibility of elections taking place in the Democratic Republic of Congo in, in, uh, in, uh, uh, in, in November um, uh, it would be very difficult to tell, and uh, going by the things that are happening now, uh, because the timetable for the election is not yet uh, you know, ready, and a lot of challenges also are being experienced. 
Uh, we understand that uh, the, the voter registration process is still ongoing, and about 7 million people, we understand, have not been registered between the age of 16 and 18 and 22. And when this is going to be completed, uh, we do not know. And uh, we are also understanding that as a result of logistical problems, it is very difficult to reach people uh, who are living outside the urban areas you know, in the Democratic Republic of Congo. And, and so... Uh, if we are going to conduct a credible election, and uh, I think every <coughs> adult male and female, you know, needs to be registered. Every, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, uh, qualified uh, person to vote uh, needs to participate in that election. And the opposition are complaining also because of police brutality, and they are believing that uh, a delay in the election is a tactic being used. Kabila to prolong his stay in power. Although there are legitimate concerns also regarding security, constraining the history of the, uh, of the, of the country. But again, uh, lack of clear policies in the direction of the election is in a great constraint. So let me bring in Aditi Laubahadu, who is joining us uh, from uh, the South African Institute of International Affairs. He's the program manager of foreign policy there. Aditi, thank you for giving us your time. Uh, There we hear from Richard, really focusing on uh, the... uh, problems in terms of the elections we know that a dead date has not been set as he highlights the challenges there in terms of uh, the program of uh, um, registering everyone making sure that everyone is uh, uh, registered for elections your thoughts Aditi on some of the complexities that we find ourselves especially this time where uh, we saw a fallout of the uh, peace talks last week now this week we're seeing these protests taking place which are actually maybe going to polarize issues even further. Uh, yeah, well, so firstly, Aditi is a woman. Hi. <laughs> um, and uh, secondly, I think that um, it's, um, it, it's, I mean, it's an incredibly tense situation in the DRC at this point in time. I don't think that the violence that they're experiencing, that they're experiencing is something that they, um, is, was, is unexpected. I mean, I think that this, this is a process, this is a culmination of a process that has been carrying on since May last year, when when President Kabila announced that he he didn't see that uh, foresee that elections were likely to take place, uh, the 19th of September was actually supposed to be the date that the CENI, which is the Independent Electoral Commission, was supposed to announce officially the the holding of elections. But we already knew two weeks ago that uh, more than two weeks ago actually that uh, that they didn't have the money to be able to start the registration process. Um, as my colleague has also mentioned, the, the number of logistical challenges that, that are faced in registering um, uh, new voters, you know, these are all challenges that, were, that, that have been um, sort of well documented over the past uh, year and a half. Um, and um, so, yeah, I think it's, 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 it's not uh, an unusual thing. And, and in the sense that, uh, you know, there's violence, you know, protesting, uh, is being met with violence from authorities again is is something that is symptomatic and and very um, 
reflective of of the DRC and the, and the authorities in the DRC and how they deal with with mm. protest and defence. Mm. I'm going to go to a quick break, and then when we come back, we'll get our Channel Africa correspondent in the Democratic Republic of Congo to give us uh, uh, real updated uh, info on what's happening there in the DRC. That's uh, Jean Noel Bamweze who gives us updates on what's happening in the DRC. If you're just joining us, we're getting really much of uh, a situation in context of what's happening in terms of the Democratic Republic of Congo and we'll get an update from our journalist who's just joining us now. We've got Richard Orianua who's joining us from the Peace Building and Conflict Transformation Department at the University of South Africa. Also Aditi Lal Bahadir joins us uh, from the South African Institute of International Affairs. Uh, she's the Program Manager of Foreign Policy there. I'm going to take a quick break. It's 11.15 Central African time. Uh, let me uh, take a quick break and then we'll be back. We have great news for you. Channel Africa has gone mobile. If you have a cell phone, you can now download the mobile app for Android. You can get it on Google Play. Get the latest news from Africa. Get the Channel Africa app. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Change your game. Your game. Be your the game. voice of young African entrepreneurs. Change your game. Your game. A program that promotes open discussion. Change your game. We bring social dialogue as we highlight real issues in the global entrepreneurship ecosystem. Our mission is to produce relevant and vibrant content and conduct interviews with dynamic stakeholders within the African entrepreneurial ecosystem that informs educates and entertains and empowers young African entrepreneurs. Change your game. Change your game. Empowering the next generation of outstanding African entrepreneurs. Tune in on Fridays, 1000 hours to 10.45 a.m. Central African time. And on Saturdays, 1300 hours to 1400 hours Central African time. Well, you are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Uh, remember, you are listening to us on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to Southern Africa. You're with me, Benjamin Mushatama. And uh, today we're looking at the Democratic Republic of Congo situation. Now, let's get our update from uh, Jean Noel Mbamweze, who's a Channel Africa correspondent from the DRC. Jean Noel, tell us where you are currently in the DRC and tell us what is the situation in terms of uh, the protests? Yeah, um, uh, this morning situation didn't uh, change uh, really. Uh, it looks uh, uh, a bit the same as uh, yesterday. Uh, as I'm talking to you now, uh, I've uh, just uh, tried to go around, and uh, what I find is that uh, um, uh, only few people, only few mm-hmm. people can see can be seen on the road. Um, the uh, uh, vehicle, uh, the, I mean, the, the, the only vehicles that, uh, that, that are circulating, that are, uh, be, uh, I mean, that are being seen on the road are police uh, uh, vehicles. And, uh, uh, people who walk up on, uh, I mean, under shooting, mm-hmm. as I'm talking to yeah, as I'm talking to you, uh, police is shooting, people who are trying to, uh, uh, to, 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 to come together in, um, uh, uh, in groups, uh, police is running uh, here and there to try 
and uh, disperse the people. That's indeed the way the uh, situation looked this uh, this morning. Mm. And only the only few few uh, people, I mean, uh, few uh, learners can be seen on the road uh, going to school because most of the parents uh, didn't want to allow uh, their children to go to school uh, today since the situation is not really. Uh, Sure, John, it, it sounds like a very intense situation there in terms of uh, the continuance of uh, the clashes between uh, <laughs> residents and uh, police. But we've also got figures that are a bit misleading. They've said that at least 17 people have been killed. That's the official number that we've gotten. But there's also another number we've been uh, punting around from opposition leaders uh, uh, in the media in terms of saying 50 people have died. Has there been any clarity on how many deaths uh, have been uh, seen? during these classes, Jean? Yeah, uh, nothing is really clear mm. because uh, yeah, there is a certain uh, dispute about uh, the number of uh, victims. As you mentioned, this, uh, the, uh, the Minister of uh, Home Affairs, Evarit uh, Boshab, uh, on behalf of the government, has said uh, 17 people mm. And among these 17 were three police uh, uh, police officers. Uh, the opposition has said uh, it, uh, it's more than 50 people who have been killed. Mm. And there are some sources uh, that are speaking about uh, more than 70. More than 70 people have been killed. So uh, there is no really nothing clear uh, when it comes to the number of uh, uh, people who have been uh, killed. And indeed, as <laughs> like, uh, Sure. Let me come to our other guests. Uh, um, coming to you, Adit, in terms of the peace talks themselves, uh, do you think that we'll see them continuing? We know there was a fallout um, last week uh, between uh, uh, opposition, the opposition uh, citizen front, uh, which actually stood out and actually said they don't want to be part of the conversation. There was a huge fallout last week with the Congolese National Dialogue. Do you think things will continue as usual? Because they were supposed to uh, start yesterday, Adit? Uh, well, I, one hopes that actually they are able to continue and to overcome this. But, you know, the problem is that this dialogue has been beleaguered with a, lo- a number of challenges, the least of which is um, the fact that opposition don't want to, to participate. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's, a, it's an internationally sanctioned uh, initiative that is being pushed by um, or being led by Edim Kojo uh, from the African Union or on behalf of the African Union. Mm. And the, from the entire time that, um, you know, he's been involved, uh, there's been there's been concerns that that you know the the, the position is um, one to to be on the side of Kabila. So you know it's, that this, this entire process uh, has suffered it in from that sense of legitimacy because um, uh, opposition the opposition have felt that um, you know the the whole purpose of this was to to try and figure out a way to ensure Kabila's um, uh, sort of whatever continued mm. stay in mm. in power. Mm. Uh, so I think that sure. yeah. So carry on, Aditi. Uh, yeah, no. So I, so I think that I mean, uh, one. I don't know that these these uh, talks are able to, um, 
you know, the resuming the talks would be able to would would actually lead to some kind of uh, legitimate uh, outcome at the end of the day, uh, because they're, they're much more substantive issues that need to be dealt with. But I think that um, I, in terms of seeing the future of of the DRC, I can't see a way forward that doesn't include some kind of talks. Mm. Richard, your thoughts there in terms of these peace talks that were supposed to start off again yesterday. Do we have a hopeful uh, kind of new uh, maybe unveiling uh, in this particular period? Because we are seeing these protests. I'm sure they will stall the situation. And also we've seen also this um, opposition front being very strong with uh, uh, these three opposition leaders, Moise Katumbi, Vital Kamiri and Etienne Tisekedi, team up to form this alliance, which adds to a, an interesting dynamic. Mm. Yeah, I think, uh, like my my colleague was, was saying, uh, the the uh, the peace talk is necessary because, given the history of uh, you know of the DLC, there have been a lot of uh, you know you know conflicts, open conflicts in that country, and with that ending, uh, and so the, the the AU also by the idea of a national dialogue, it has stated that it must be within the time frame of the elections, and this is this is very problematic because we are less than three months to the election uh, in, in November, and if uh, the, the the peace process is not taking place now. I wonder when it is going to start and what will be the agenda on the table. So the, what the opposition is saying is that Kabila needs to go. And if Kabila needs to go, then, of course, uh, the election has to take place. And uh, the, the opposition is united at the moment. But you should also understand that these are individuals with different ideologies, that these are individuals also who are coming from different backgrounds. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, uh, Shikeledi, uh, uh, for instance, with the oldest among them, has been around for a very long time, you know, right from the times of Mobutu Sisseko. Uh, and, uh, and of course, uh, uh, the other ones, maybe together as new, new generation, you know, uh, politicians. So they, they disagree on fundamental issues about politics. Uh, but then they have a common enemy at the moment, and that is Kabila and his political party. But of course, uh, also, uh, Katumbi is uh, uh, the former ally uh, of Kabila. So when they when they get Kabila out, then they are going to the the, the, the real in among them will start in earnest. And so I, it is hopeful that uh, the peace talk uh, mm-hmm. will bring about uh, you know some form of uh, way forward. You know, for DLC. Mm. Let me bring in uh, Ben Mboko, who is the Democratic Republic uh, of Congo ambassador to South Africa. Uh, Honorable Mboko, thank you for joining us on our program. Thank you for having me. In terms of the peace talk process, uh, uh, Honorable Ambassador, uh, is it still underway looking at uh, the protests that are currently underway, which are very worrying to the international community? Um, now, thank you for the question. The the worry, the big worry, is for the Congolese people. You guys always referring to the international community. We had to worry mm-hmm. about our own people in Africa. Um, Congo has lost about five million people over the last few years because of different because of the wars and turmoil and so forth. We are trying to. We have come out of that. You guys don't even refer to that. We lost more people than people who died in World War Two. Mm. Than the people mm. who, who died in Rwanda genocide. Mm. None of you refers to that. Always international community. Mm. Like we live to satisfy international community. 
We should be living to satisfy our people first. So, you know, the international community is there, but we don't, the international community is also going through all kinds of turmoil and, and mm. challenges. Mm. With that being said, uh, maybe I phrased it completely wrong, but it is a worrying issue, Honorable Mpok, in terms of the clashes that are taking place. And my question was to ascertain whether the the peace talks are still going to continue in this week. Do you... Okay, I I always... You young journalists, I call you young because I'm much older than you guys. Um, um, You you need to do also your homework to follow what's going on. Mm. These... Yes... It's not a peace talk. It's a dialogue to sure. map the way forward mm, mm. with respect to the, the future of the major country on the continent. Mm, mm. It's not a peace dialogue. Mm. So because that um, dialogue is more important than anything that can happen, of course it will continue. Within mm. the dialogue, you have the, the majority, uh, you have the opposition, different, different opposition parties to inside that. Even Chisekedi people are part of their dialogue. Mm. Sami Badibanga is one of the key Chisekedi men. He's inside there. Kamere mm, mm. is in there. Mm. All, uh, opposition. So that w- what happened yesterday, the incident yesterday, cannot mm. stop okay. the country from moving forward. Mm, mm. So yep. the, of course it will, the dialogue will continue. Mm. Actually, it might end up tomorrow. They were reaching, they were reaching uh, the end of the process. They reached a compromise two days ago. Now, all of a sudden, the opposition say, no, no, we don't want this to continue. Let's disrupt the process. But that process will continue. Mm. Let me come back to you, Jean-Noel Mbamweze, uh, who is uh, our correspondent in the DRC. In terms of the talks themselves, uh, have you been able to ascertain uh, the uh, conversations underway and maybe that process? Jean? Jean-Noel, are you there with us? Can you hear me, John? I was just asking you, in terms of uh, the peace talks themselves, you are in the DRC. Have you had any kind of information of uh, how the the, di- the national dialogue is uh, taking place currently under these stresses? Uh, actually, the dialogue was supposed to be uh, concluded uh, yesterday, uh, but due to the uh, the situation of uh, protestation yesterday, it, uh, the participants couldn't make it, and it was postponed to uh, to today again. Then, since the uh, protesters have been, uh, I mean, have been started in the very same way, uh, it's really uncertain if uh, uh, the process, is, uh, the, the you know, process is gonna go uh, on as it was uh, scheduled. I mean, as it's scheduled. Now, uh, as I'm talking to you myself, I'm supposed to uh, to go at the um, uh, African Union city where the uh, dialogue is being held, but. There is no way I can even uh, attend the venue uh, since uh, they, uh, I'm not allowed because mm-hmm. they, uh, they, uh, they they vehicles that can cannot circulate. Mm. So uh, people are really uh, wondering how is the situation is gonna gonna be uh, 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 met here and how is the country is going to uh, to move since. Uh, the dialogue resolutions they, they they are not really likely to be uh, 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 to be followed by everybody while uh, the opposition uh, 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 led by Etienne Tshisekedi continue to uh, to reject the um, the dialogue. Mm. So the situation is not really uh, clear. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to have to take a quick break, but what are your final sentiments? I know I have to let you go, Aditi, in terms of uh, the way forward. Uh, what do you think needs to be done in terms of uh, some sort of uh, a roadmap moving forward and rebuilding what what a country that has so much possibilities in terms of uh, the development of the continent? Uh, you know, I'm a I'm a foreign policy analyst, so I'm going to include the. The, the the role of, of you know of international sure. actors like SADC and and ICGLR and, and sure. the African Union, who I think have been instrumental so far in trying to facilitate some kind of dialogue. Um, my my sort of thoughts on this are is that we need there needs to be some kind of invigorated process to encourage um, a, a peaceful return to um, to to the dialogue um, that all parties are able to be a part of this uh, part of it and to be able to come up with some kind of constructive resolution. I think it's a phase complete that the, the elections will not be held by December this year, um, and I think you know in in trying to bridge that um, in build that consensus, there has to be some kind of give and take by the political opposition, but also by the by the government as well, um, to be able to facilitate some kind of peaceful. You know, a sort of peaceful sort of scenario where you know where where its people are allowed to to vocalize their their frustrations at the process, um, mm, but at mm. the same time, uh, sort of engage um, in a peaceful um, manner for a, a sort of a sustainable future uh, scenario for for the DRC. Mm, well, I'm going to take a quick break. Thank you, Aditi uh, Lalba Hudur, who's joining us uh, from the South African Institute of International Affairs. I'll keep my other guests on the line just to get more updates on the story. And I'll come back to you, Honorable Ben Boko, to also just uh, look at the roadmap of this uh, uh, national dialogue that you were highlighting uh, earlier on. And we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back. Good news for listeners in America. You can now listen to Channel Africa by phoning 605-47-1711. So, if you're a Channel Africa listener in America, simply dial 605-47-1711. Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Well, you are listening to Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance. Remember, if you're listening to us on DSTV, we're on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31-meter band to Southern Africa. This is African Dialogue with me, Benjamin Mushatama. Uh, remember, if you're also on DSTV, we're on Channel 802, where you can also listen to us there. Uh, don't forget that we're also on our mobile app. It's Channel Africa, and you can uh, Google that on uh, Google Play. And uh, that's uh, how we we actually going to move this conversation forward. We know that uh, opposition parties walked out uh, of uh, talks uh, uh, last week and there seemed to be a very much of a contentious situation when uh, opposition walked out in terms of talks on uh, the elections. Richard Oriania uh, from uh, the University of South Africa looking at uh, the issue of uh, things moving forward. Uh, Aditi was talking about uh, that uh, the fact that we need our African groups to be involved in that in terms of the African Union, SADC, and other key players on the continent. Your thoughts around the facilitation of this national dialogue, how important is it? Well, the, 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 the facilitation of national dialogue is very, very important. You know, uh, 
like uh, I pointed out earlier, this is a post-conflict society. That is also very questionable because there is still conflict going on in pockets of conflict here and there. So it is it is necessary uh, for the dialogue to take place and for the parties you know, to reach a consensus on certain issues that is bringing about problem in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Now, the issue of voters' registration, that needs to be completed, and a clear roadmap for the elections, you know, given. Then, of course, what is, uh, what is of, uh, of importance here is the fact that many Congolese are worried that the delay of the election is a tactic that Kabila is using, they call it in English, Ma, to prolong his stay in power. So the, at the dialogue, it needs to be made clear when Kabila will leave power and when the elections will take place. Because leaving everything unclear at the moment is bringing about conflict, uh, bringing about problems. So the, uh, as my, my colleague stated, that the African Union needs to be involved. Uh, this is not a question of saying that you want to retain your sovereignty or your, integrity or your, or, or, or your authority. It is also about a problem that is affecting the entire continent because if the conflict in uh, if the conflict in DRC goes uh, goes on, Africa will be affected in one way or the other. So the involvement of regional bodies, you know, and, uh, you know, is necessary at this particular time. So there should be a, a clear timetable of when Kabila is leaving power, and uh, and the assurance will be given to the people that will make the uh, frequent demonstration that we are we are witnessing in the country you know, to reduce. But leaving everything unclear at this moment, mm. we continue to generate conflict. Mm. Let me come to Honorable Ben Bok in terms of the process uh, itself. Uh, um, you know, for it to be a successful process, especially leading up to talks on elections, there has been some contestation around the fact that the country should vote in local elections before the presidential elections. Um, what have been the discussions? What is the key area of discussions that will be underway in this week, as you have highlighted, that they will continue, sir? Okay. Um First of all, I want to correct you. The opposition didn't walk out of the talks. Okay. When you're negotiating, sometimes you get upset, you walk out of the room, and you come back. So they have okay. not walked out of the talks. You guys, you should do your homework before you come and uh, inform the public. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's one. Two, to the gentleman who just spoke, President Kabila have never said that he wants a, be- a-, a third term in the office. Never. Though when opposition accuses them of that, they become a Bible as far as uh, the, the media is concerned mm-hmm. because it makes it more interesting to talk about that. President Kabila has never said he wants a, a third term. He just wants to leave the country in the right frame of a democratic process. Mm-hmm. Remember, guys, Congo was born out of democracy. Lumumba was elected. President Kazabubu, the first president of Congo, was democratically elected. Do you know what happened to those two leaders? Hmm. I'm sure you do your homework. You know what happened to them. By killing Lumumba, somebody killed the democracy in Congo. Hmm. And then it took 32 years of Mobutu dictatorship. There were no elections. I, as, I, as old as I am, I voted for the first time in 2006. It's President Joseph Kabila who, st- who restarted the democratic process in 2006 and 2011. Now we are facing some technical issues which are making it impossible to make have elections this year. Let's be honest, guys, mm. and let's face the facts. The facts are there. They speak for themselves. 
our electoral um, <clears throat> voter register was not updated since 2005. Mm. So we have about 20 million young people who have come of age to vote. If we go to vote this month, they will be excluded. And a lot of people have died instead, which mm. we don't have a voter register, which is credible. And the people who contact those elections again. But, uh, and then the Congolese in diaspora, they would like to vote. They never voted in 206 and 211. So the government said, we need to include everybody to vote so we have a credible electoral process. Mm. Okay? That's what is going on. Okay. Regardless of what opposition is saying, because you guys always echoing what opposition says. Mm. When you talk opposition, it's already only, only basically Chisekedi. Mm. And the Chisekedi mm. people are part of the dialogue today. Mm. Sami mm. Batibanga, who is now attending the talks, is the number two of Chisekedi's party. Even though Chisekedi himself, for the reasons already he knows, is, is outside. Okay? Mm. Now, what we, um, the process, the dialogue process come to an end. A compromise was reached about three, four days ago. And this was supposed to be finalized uh, on Sunday, this past Sunday. Until some members of the opposition, when you talk about opposition, it's some members, not the whole opposition, but Kamere, who is the main opposition, is in the dialogue and so forth. So some members of the opposition, they said they don't like this process to continue because after the uh, after they reach an agreement, there will be the possibility to form a government or national unity. What's happening is those guys who didn't want to attend the talks, they think they're going to be excluded from the government or national unity. So let's, let's march, let's destroy, let's go and burn offices and so forth. Let's create a chaos. Because we're not going to be part of their process, they're part of compromise. This is what's happening, fellows. Mm-hmm. Well, thank but you. Sure. We are going to reach the, the dialogue. We're going mm. to reach a conclusion by, by tomorrow. Mm. And the roadmap for the future is going to be agreed upon and implemented. That's mm. what's going on. Well, thank you so much, Honorable Mboko, for that uh, clarification. And uh, I just want to wrap it up since we have run out of time. Jean-Noël Mbamweze, in terms of your final sentiments, what should we be looking up for? Uh, and it's it's actually uh, interesting to hear, and uh, maybe it's a positive from Honorable Mboko, not even maybe it is a positive, to see that the talks are still unfolding. And from your side, what will you be looking out for in the next few days? Jean-Noël? John, are you still there? Well, I think we lost we lost uh, uh, Jean Noel there. Um, let me see if we've got Richard. Richard, are you there? Yes, I'm still here. Richard, your thoughts of the fin- your final sentiments as before we wrap it up in terms of what uh, uh, we've heard from uh, the DRC ambassador to South Africa highlight in terms of those peace talks that are underway. Not peace talks, national dialogue. I mean. <laughs> Go ahead, Richard. Uh, okay, so, you know, I think uh, in Ambassador Honor, you know, did say that, uh, that the negotiations will go on and uh, like, that uh, we'll have, you know, the final outcomes. Uh, I think these are the expectations of uh, everyone uh, that uh, that uh, the conflict, I mean, that the problems uh, will be resolved and that the parties will come to an agreement on the, on the way forward. Uh, you know, uh, for the Democratic Republic of Congo, uh, which is um, the expectation of uh, you know a great number of, of, of us, and also the 
uh, the Congolese in, in the diaspora. Uh, uh, and we are also hoping that uh, a fixed timetable for the election, you know, uh, uh, will be done. And, uh, and that the opposition will be assured that uh, there will be no trick enough to ensure that Kabila remains in power, you know, beyond his time in, in, in office. And if this is the main question, the main problem, the fears of the opposition is that Kabila is going to extend his tenure in office, you know, by delaying the election. So having a fixed date of the elections, assuring the opposition of when it is going to take place will, of course, ensure that peace is restored in the, in the, in the process. And Honorable Mpoko, if you're still with us, your final sentiments, and maybe you want to reach out to the rest of the African community for a message maybe of the process itself and maybe uh, in, for us to have some confidence in, in, in this uh, uh, space that the DRC finds itself currently. No, we had a major problem had a problem uh, in the in, in the end of the 90s 97 98 you know we had a, a, what they call the african world war mm. and then when the president kabila came into power in 201 the first act act he took was to to go into the community dialogue in sun city in south africa and we came out of sun city with an agreement government international unity elections and so forth mm. We are back into turmoil. He using exactly the same the same strategy that Congolese. Let's sit down. Let's sit around the same table. We are facing issues. Let's find a compromise. Let's map together the way forward. And that's what we are doing. Mm. We keep referring opposition, opposition. Not all the opposition is outside the dialogue. Mm. Only the security is outside. Mm. The members of the security are participating. So I want you guys are so stuck in believing that the entire opposition mm. is outside the dialogue and the entire opposition is accusing Kabila of wanting to stay in power. That's not true. Do your homework, please, mm. before mm. you speak out. You speak out Because media is very important. Mm. Your credit people listen to you guys. Mm. And if you don't speak the truth, you don't do your homework, mm. you're misleading people. Mm. Okay? So we are very hopeful. And the Congolese, since we got our independence, every time they sit together, they always find a compromise. That's the way we are. That's our culture. And this is, this dialogue today is no different. We are going to come out in a couple of days with a compromise, with a roadmap to put the country back into the right, the, the right, uh, um, road. So you guys, please see what you're doing so you can support us, so you can, uh, relate the right message rather than what you hear from the media or from somebody who calls himself opposition. Mm-hmm. When the bulk of opposition is part of the dialogue today, and we are very optimistic that we'll find, uh, we'll come out the roadmap in a couple of days. Well, thank you so much to Honorable Ben Boko, who is the DRC ambassador to South Africa. Thank you for giving us your time and being open uh, to be speaking to us. We appreciate that very much. Thank you to Richard Orianya, who is uh, from the University of South Africa, uh, part of the Peace, Building and Conflict Transformation uh, uh, Department. Thank you to John Noel Mbamweze, who started the program with us, uh, who is our Channel Africa correspondent in the DRC Kinshasa. Abiti Lailba Hader is the uh, Foreign uh, Policy Program Manager at the South African Institute of International Affairs. Thank you all for giving us your time. Thank you very much for having me. Now that's how we wrap it up. What are your thoughts? Uh, Remember, you can join the conversation on our 
Twitter handle, excuse me. Uh, we're asking the, uh, the question, really, uh, does uh, the DRC find itself in a constitutional crisis? Give us your thoughts there. As you could hear, very much contesting ideas that have come from our guests. It's time for us now to quickly move on and get our uh, business news. Wisani Matebula is here with us. Good morning. Thanks, Benjamin. Angola's parliament has approved a smaller 2016 budget than it had originally planned after lower oil prices hammered state revenues in Africa's largest crude exporter. The finance ministry said in July that uh, government spending will be cut to $24 billion from $30 billion projected in the original 2016 budget. This after projected uh, revenues were slashed to $18 billion from $24.4 billion. And uh, in Nigeria, militants have blown up a crude oil pipeline that uh, the state oil NNPC operates in the Niger Delta. The Niger Delta Greenland Justice Minded Group has claimed responsibility for the attack. It is the latest in a series of attacks on energy facilities in the restive region. The attacks have cut Nigeria's oil production by 700,000 barrels per day. The group, unlike other militants in the region, is not taking part in a ceasefire to facilitate the holding of talks with the government. And a leading strategy and investment heads from technology and telecoms giant, including Google, Uber, Intel, Africa, Internet Group, Vodacom, Airtel, Nokia, and Etisalat are meeting for the TMT Finance Africa in Lagos, Nigeria, that is causing strategies for investment and regional growth poised to become the technology and investment hub for Africa. Lagos is hosting the event for the first time, seeing more than 150 regional and international telecom media and technology leaders, investment bankers, investors, advisors, and government representatives meet for a series of panel debates, networking sessions, and private roundtable discussions. And about 4,000 illegal diamond miners in Kimberley, in South Africa's northern Cape province are calling on the Mineral Resources Minister Mosebe Nzizwane to intervene and legalize their activities. They say they've been mining on the dumps and ground surfaces that DBS discarded more than four years ago with the department's knowledge. Meanwhile, DBS recently sold the dumps to Petro Diamonds and Ekapa Mining. The miners' leader, Tebo Hotaku, explains. Now to Kenya, the shilling steady ahead of a central bank rate setting meeting later in the day. Traders say there's a strengthening in coming days due to the dollar inflows from foreign investors interested in buying treasury bonds. A Reuters poll of 12 economists has found that the central bank was expected to hold its key lending rate at 10.5% for Tuesday. Financial indicators now the dollar trading at 14.08 South African rents, 10.48 Botswana Pula, and 10.07 Zambian Kwacha, also at 0.76 to the British pound, and 0.89 against the euro. Now we move to commodities gold $1,316, platinum $1,023 per fine ounce, Brent crude oil $45.75 per barrel. And that's how it's looking.
Well, it's time now to get our sports news. We've got Afili Lingwati standing by. First up in our sports update this hour is the Paralympic news. South African Paralympians have returned back home to a hero's welcome at the OR Dumbo International Airport. Team South Africa won 17 medals, 7 gold, 6 silver and 4 bronze at the 2016 Paralympic Games and came 22nd on the medals table. South African Sports Minister Figile Mbalula has welcomed Team South Africa back from Rio de Janeiro and says he's honoured. It is a great honour and privilege to be here to welcome our heroes. And I want to thank all South Africans, those who could come here and those at home. And I want to also extend our hand of gratitude and appreciation to those who could not make it. Keep going, you will come back. You represented us well. We are proud of you. We are proud of Team South Africa. We thank you through your tweets, Facebook, like me, who supported and powered this team to victory. You have done well, South Africa. Mbalula announced the incentives. Our gold medalist will get 500,000, which they will share 100,000 part of it with the coach. That is 500,000 for the gold medalist. And then the silver medalist will get 200,000. And then the coach will get 50,000. And then the bronze medalist will get 100,000. And then 30,000 for the coach. Now, because Rasmatas is Rasmatas, and there's no other Rasmatas. Now, because our athletes have done very well, we are increasing like we did with the Olympians. We say you'll get an extra bonus for the gold, 100,000. And for the ones who have broken the record, we'll get 150,000. And silver medalist will get extra 30,000. And then bronze medalist will get 30,000 too. That is the extra bonus, boys and girls. And into football news, Kenya's national women's soccer team Harambe Starlets will take on Tanzania, the Kilimanjaro Queens, in the final of the 2016 Sikafa tournament. Kenya qualified for the final after beating Ethiopia's Lucy 3-2 in the first semi-final with Nedi Atieno a brace and Caroline Anyango being on target. Tanzania took to the pitch against Group A second-best Uganda Crested Cranes and it was a goal after goal making it 3-0 at halftime and 4-1 at full-time. Donisia Daniel opened the floodgates in the sixth minute and left the proceedings for her teammates who ensured the 4-1 triumph in the second half. The Kilimanjaro Queens will therefore meet Kenya in the final as Uganda locks on with Ethiopia in the tournament's third-place playoff today. Notably, Kenya reached the final level with an unbeaten record scoring 22 goals and conceding only two from four matches. 
In Rugby News, the 2017 Super Rugby Tournament kicks off on the 23rd of February with the Melbourne Rebels hosting the Auckland Bays Blues at AMI Park in Melbourne. The Thursday night kickoff is off a first for Super Rugby and is followed a week later by another Thursday night match between Western Force and the Rebels and the Reds at Perth's Nib Stadium. Defending champions, the Hurricanes, will start off their title defense in Tokyo against the Sun Wolves. 2016 Australian Conference winners, the Brumbies, will play the Crusaders in Christchurch. The South African Derbies, the Lions, beaten finalists in the 2016 start their campaign against the Cheetahs in Bloemfontein on the 25th, while Southern Kings hold the Jaguars in Port Elizabeth on the same day. The Stormers will host the Blues, the Bulls rather, in an exciting derby at Newlands in the day's final game. The Sharks open the campaign away to the Reds in Brisbane. That's the Sport News this hour. Well, that's how we wrap it up. Let's see some of the views that are coming up. We've been asking uh, you on uh, our Twitter handle, at African Dialogue, uh, is the DRC facing a constitutional crisis? We received a response uh, from Peace Webs Africa. That's the handle. Peace Webs Africa says DRC faces a leadership crisis. Uh, so since uh, uh, Kabila will have a term that will expire it will actually have a crisis of legitimacy causing constitutional uh, crisis that's a peeps uh, with Africa's handle there and uh, we've got one from uh, the other Africa blog that's the handle and uh, the Africa uh, the other Africa blog says why does African leadership accept structured poverty civil and tribal wars genocide and xenophobia and those are some of the responses that are coming out from our Twitter handle. Remember, join us at African Dialogue so we can have more conversations there. But that's how we wrap it up here on our program. What are your thoughts? Remember, you can also still SMS us on plus two seven seven nine six nine five seven nine three zero or email us at info at channelafrica.org. Now, we'll be back with you tomorrow. Same place, same time, right here on Channel Africa. We're going to wrap it up with uh, uh, someone we are mourning, the death of... Uh, uh, Mendoza, and uh, we're going to end up with a song of uh, Mendoza's titled Galagata.